0: Hello friends, welcome to another episode of Hybrid Unlimited. This is me, Steffi Cohen, and today I have the privilege of sitting down with Doug Larson. Doug is the COO of the Shrugged Collective and the founder of Barbell Shrugged. He's also the creator of Technique Wad, the world-famous Muscle Gain Challenge, Shrugged Shren- Strength Challenge, and Barbell Shredded Training Programs. And it's now the engine that drives the shrug collective essentially Doug also has a bachelor's and master's degree in kinesiology and he used to own and operate the first CrossFit gym in Memphis Tennessee which we're gonna be talking about today we talk about mainly his business trajectory and how he got to where he is now uh, being one of the pioneers in the fitness space for the last 10 years and uh, talking about how he's he's essentially pivoted his business multiple times to where he is now.
1: Quick shout out to our sponsor, LMNT. Uh, It's a great tasting electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't. That means lots of salt with no sugar. LMNT is formulated to help anyone with their electrolyte needs and is perfectly suited for folks following a keto, low carb, or paleo diet. LMNT contains a science-backed electrolyte ratio, 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, 60 milligrams of magnesium, with no with none of the junk. No sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, no BS. If you want to check these guys out, this is something that Stephanie and I use all the time. Uh check them out at drinklmnt.com/slash hybrid. This podcast episode is also brought to you by Beam. Beam is committed to producing high-quality, natural, innovative wellness products trusted by some of the world's top professional athletes. Beam creates products to support Four main categories. Balance, performance, recovery, and sleep. These products are combined of both CBD and non-CBD ingredients. By tapping into how we function biologically, CBD can work to regulate pain, mood, appetite, anxiety, and inflammation. As a hybrid unlimited listener, you get 15% off your order with code HYBRID in all caps. So check them out. That's BEAM and use code HYBRID in all caps for 15% off.
0: So lean back and enjoy another episode of Hybrid Unlimited. Welcome to Hybrid Unlimited, dog. Thank you so much for your time, for being here. Appreciate that.
2: Yeah, good to be here. This place is rad.
0: Thank you. You know that? I think that... the podcast that I did with you guys for Barbell Shrugged was one of my first ones, if not my first
2: one. Okay. Well, that's probably pushing, what, five years ago now? Mm-hmm. Because so I remember back then, what, what the title of that episode, I think it's, it was uh, Chasing a 4X Bodyweight Deadlift, <laughs> yeah. and then and then not too long after that, you fucking just blew right past that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: How did you guys, because you guys are more active in the CrossFit fa- uh, space, how did you guys find out about me back then?
2: Um. I found out about you because, so Travis Mash is a co-host on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, and Hayden was one of his athletes. And so mm-hmm. I, I was following Hayden, and then I saw you. And then I was like, who the fuck is this chick like pulling <laughs> 4x body weight? Yeah. And uh, and then we were living in San Diego, and that, that uh, uh, US Open powerlifting meet was in Vegas. And so yeah. somehow we, we just made it all happen that uh, you could come meet up for lunch, and, and we'd do a show together.
0: I was starstruck. I was so <laughs> stoked because, listen, Powerlifters, we're kind of like the recluse of the fitness space. Okay. (laughs) You know, I don't know for what reason that is, but it's just weightlifters kind of hang out with CrossFitters. You know, there's a a, strongman, I guess, hang out by themselves as well. But it's a bigger community. But it's a bigger community. I
2: feel like they're even a little more recluse than powerlifters from the outside looking in.
3: Strongman is bigger than powerlifting? I would say so. Oh, really? I don't know. I I mean, I.
0: You, well do you know the numbers i don't know the numbers so exactly. then my, my guess so, is no. i feel like
2: as far as like the numbers, really famous people numbers don't care about people, your feelings like the like the brian shaws et cetera, of the world are like a little more well known than like the, yeah. the best power lifters I, I, as far as mainstream people go yeah. but I, think, I mean
0: no 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 i, I think, think is significantly there's
4: significantly more yeah,
3: there's, there's a difference between the visibility well, that's what I was the difference say. between the visibility of the sport and the amount of people participating like very few people actually do strongman meets
4: yeah, back. I mean,
0: I, think, I'd be I inter- think that's
2: accurate. I think yeah. there's more powerlifters yeah. in America than strongmen. And we know that based But there's on
0: more right. visibility to Strongman events.
2: Yeah. For sure, for, for sure. What's
4: interesting is like how much um, Highland high Games has been getting over the last like, five years. Really? Yeah. It seems to grow quite a
0: bit. Interesting. Yeah. The only yeah. person I know that does high, that, has done Highland Games is Matt Benson. That's it.
2: Mm.
0: It's a pretty cool sport. I like it. I would like to try yeah. it. sometime. You,
2: you ever done a caber toss?
0: No. What <laughs> I is I that? Like
2: uh, it's like where they they basically pick up a telephone pole where it's vertical and they try to flip it oh, end yeah, over end. I think it would be really fun. I've never done like a, a really I've done it like messing around, but not like in a real competition with a real full size. I, th- I believe it's called a caber. Uh, I yeah, think it would yeah, be yeah. really fun. It's it's, it's it's essentially like a you know you're you're doing like a hang clean kind of. Yeah. You Interesting. You know what I mean? You yeah. just you're holding it like this. You dip and then you just you know jump shrug and try to flip it over.
0: How much does that weigh?
2: Uh, I'm not no, sure. it's massive. Yeah, I've
0: seen. Very big. Like, it's like thirty feet. Yeah.
3: I think more of it eat. is the size of it. Like you have to get the bottom end over the top end.
0: Yeah, and like you, you have to throw. balance it as well. Yeah. When you pick it up, you have yeah. to balance it a bit, and you oh, run. Yeah.
2: It's way up high, and it's, it's yeah. going all over the place.
0: Yeah, yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. I'd like to try it. You, great. Um, it's I think it's great. I don't know. will so we'll
2: new, <laughs> <hip> action. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Wait, what, what do you mean? Newly acquired hip, <laughs> hip action? What are you talking about? Yeah. Oh, oh, the, from boxing. Yeah, dude, tell me more about boxing. I'm in the MMA, I've been doing martial arts my whole life, boxing, kickboxing, MMA, Jiu-Jitsu, wrestling, all the the things. Um, How did you first decide that you wanted to move, I don't know if you're moving away from powerlifting, but you moved toward boxing? Uh, What was that decision?
0: Honestly, it was, it was, there was, there were a few things. The first one was uh, the lockdown, just the competitions Mm. being canceled, not much to do, Um, wanting to regain some baseline level of fitness, cardiovascular health from. Mm just years of ignoring that part of athleticness, (laughs) if you may. Mm -hmm. Um, Then I was just struggling with my back for a while, and Mm. I really felt like I needed a break just several months without trying to lift heavy, which I would always say I was going to do, and then I would find myself in the gym trying to go for a PR. Sure. Accidentally, (laughs) you know, just... The weight just you always. Slept. You slept. And you I wish I just got accidental yeah.
2: PRs. Did you guys just get <laughs> accidental PRs. That'd be fantastic. Yeah,
0: just, just. I don't know. I, I would go to sleep, but I'd wake up and I'd be under 500 pounds. <laughs> no idea how that happened. Uh huh. Wait. Um, so
2: you, you didn't have like an actual injury, but you just your back was just hurting it was all the time, chronic, it was achy and...
0: Chronic low back pain. Yeah, yeah, I wrote a book about it. Back in Motion. You can find it on the hybrid store. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Shameless plug. <laughs> I'll do it.
0: But yeah, no, I'm loving it. I mean, it's uh it's an interesting transition, and and it's interesting to see how. The all the strength that I've acquired throughout the years, how can I make that, or how can I translate that into a performance-based sport like boxing? Mm-hmm. You know, where you're, you're being tested on more than one, um, like, athletic variable mm-hmm. instead of just strength.
2: Mm-hmm. So yeah. wh- what made you make the leap from, I just want to, like, do something for fun, to, to get fit, learn a new sport, to, like, jumping straight into to having, like, big fights?
0: It's my nature.
2: Yeah. I mean,
0: I I don't think I've ever done something just for fun.
2: Yeah, you're yeah. just highly competitive. You got to go off. You got to take it to the end.
0: Yeah, I mean, espe especially if I feel like I have I have a an aptitude for it, which mm-hmm. I really did feel like I did with boxing. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was I could pick it up fast. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what my incentive was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Um. Prior to the fights, do you have do you have any conversation with the other women? Like, do they do they talk shit like you're not a boxer? You're a, who? Who's this fucking powerlifter thinks she's a boxer? Like that type of thing? Do they mm-hmm. do they like stereotype you? Like you're not truly a boxer?
0: Yeah, I mean, not not so much by my opponents, but by the Instagram community, and not even yeah. the boxing community. The boxing community has been pretty welcoming mm-hmm. because honestly, like if you you're in martial arts, like you know what it takes to to step inside of a cage or a ring or a mat, whatever, in front of somebody who's who's maybe equally as skilled and talented and mm-hmm. has a corner and has two hands and a brain and two feet that's trying to take you down or that's trying to knock you out. Like, it takes courage
2: mm-hmm. to do that. So yeah.
0: the boxing community has been pretty welcoming and, and, and kind to me trying a new thing. Mm-hmm. But it's mainly just your average, just normal civilian person that's yeah. watching from the sideline that loves to judge you know, and loves yeah. to point out all the ways in which you're not doing things right, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're a powerlifter, you're stiff, you're going to be weak, you're, gonna, you're not going to punch that strong because you don't know how to use your hips, your, your cardio is going to suck, whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. but
4: Also amplified by the amount of influencers who broke into the sport and people kind of comparing the fact that you have influence but are an athlete versus are not an influencer trying to exactly. take on a new sport. Right, like that whole dynamic. There's just such an increase of people trying to enter the sport, mm-hmm. and Steffi had been in the sport, so people kind of grouped her into that. But she's, you know, more an athlete than an influencer.
0: Right. Yeah. I'm not mm-hmm. doing the influencer boxing. Not, not that there's anything mm-hmm. wrong with that, but it's definitely not my my intention. Like, I really want to mm-hmm. start from the bottom and work my way up and build my build my resume as a fighter as well. So,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, just... yeah. When you actually got out into your your, your real fights, uh, yeah. Tons of people looking at you. You know, like you, debatably, maybe maybe nervous at times. Like, did you feel like you were like loose and, and whippy, or did you get did you feel like you were stiff and hesitant? Like, what what, what How did you perform when you actually got out there? How'd you feel? Did, did your cardio hold up, et cetera?
0: My cardio was okay, but yeah, I definitely felt I definitely felt like I wasn't as fluid or or willing to take mm-hmm. as many risks as I did in sparring. Mm-hmm. You know, in sparring, I'd do things like put my hands down, like more head movement. Mm -hmm. and try different things, whereas, like, in the fight, I just wanted to, to, you know, be safe, Mm -hmm. especially the first time that I got hit, like, with a good punch, then I was like, okay, like, I'm not, this girl's not playing around, I'm just going to keep my hands up, I'm going to do, I'm going to stick to the basics,
4: just the rice and beans, Mm -hmm. throw my straight punches, get out of the way kind of thing. It's incredible, though, like, if you watch just training footage mm -hmm. from, you know, a year ago to now, it's like, It's insane, but from fight to fight, and even the announcers uh, in Dubai were like, "Man, she's in a totally different fighter from the first fight." Yeah. Um, So like the amount, like how loose you were, how fluid. I mean, you're so technical that it was just a it was night and day difference from fight one to fight two.
0: Yeah, and this fight should be even better. Mm -hmm. Three weeks, you guys can come watch it in Miami, February 11.
4: Wait, you see how she wait. does that? She just throws it out randomly, <laughs> like, I, I'm fighting in two weeks. I'm like, oh, really? Where did you not we know? Get, no. We gotta come up with this. I, only, this, this I is knew the first when you posted we... Pedro's flyer, which was like three <laughs> weeks ago, maybe, on Instagram. I'm like, I, heard, you know?
3: I heard from her after she saw it. Actually,
4: Nick, I think, one... was the first one to find yeah, out and, yeah. and text me and was like, do you know Stephanie's fighting? I was like, no. I uh, knew she... to me. Okay, let's go. Did you ever fight? <laughs>
2: uh, I never boxed. Uh, I, I had eight MMA fights. Um, I had, I had four fights and then I had surgery on my, on my shoulder. I, I, I tore my labrum and, uh, I had fraying my subscapularis and I put me out for like a year, year and a half and I had two more fights. And then, uh, I dislocated my hip, uh, wrestling with Jacob Noe, if you know who that is. He, he was a Bellator guy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a guy that put uh, bob Babalusa brawl into retirement. If you know who that is. And then, uh, that put me out for like another year or two. And then I, then I started after, after two more fights, started having really bad neck issues where I was like, I could barely train. I was like on an airplane traveling with was shrugged okay. and people would be talking next to me and I'd be like trying to like have a conversation with the person next to me. Um, and so after, after the, the neck issues creeped up, I, I stopped fighting, but, but yeah, I, I had eight fights. I, w- I was seven and one. Um, and then, um, you know, shrug was taken off and all that. And I kind of got away from it after the injuries and travel and I never really was going to make it a career. It was never like, what I was wanted to do for money. Yeah. Um, I always just did it for fun, and so uh, I got out with um, you know with those eight fights, and then now now I I still do do jujitsu. I've done jujitsu since uh, 2004 now. And I wrestled mm-hmm. before that and did martial arts my whole life. Wow. Um, but yeah, I, Your whole I life love, love done martial, martial arts. arts. Yeah, I started see I started taekwondo when I was 12. Um, I I always wanted to do something. kind of combat related actually you know how parents have like like you know years ago they have like physical scrapbooks of like here's like your first grade pictures and and here's what you want to be when you grow up and that type of thing Um, my mom has uh, one of those for me from when I was like in first grade it's like what do you want to be when you grow up and it was like it was like professional fighter um (laughs) government assassin (laughs) (laughs) Navy SEAL sniper like it was it was all like very combat oriented uh, so I like I wanted to be a Navy SEAL for a long time and, and all that and then that's actually how I got into fitness was I was I was doing all the Navy SEAL workouts I could find and then I realized like oh I don't actually specifically want to be a Navy SEAL I just think fucking working out school and like I want and I want to like have some some combat something I was wrestling at the time and then uh, turned into fitness and MMA over, over time
0: how did um how do your because did you, you you went to school for XJ science, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, how, bachelor's and masters.
0: Great. Right. How did you how did you combine? And this is something that I'm interested in because I'm I'm actively trying to learn more about it. How did you combine your workouts from the gym, like strength training, mm. into your your combat?
2: Um, how to tra- How did I train specifically for MMA?
0: Yeah. Like, do, how many times a week were you lifting? How much was it strength?
2: um so (laughs) i'll tell you what i did do and then what i I should have done (laughs) um i was i would i started CrossFit memphis the first crossfit gym in Memphis, tennessee Uh, we were rebranded as faction strength and conditioning i grew up with a strength conditioning background Uh, i had a strength coach from from the time i was about 14 who you know he he knew kettlebell training and, and i had done gymnastics for for a number of years and uh, he learned weightlifting from coach Bergner and he was a former power lifter. Like I had, I had exposure to general strength conditioning, uh, growing up and I played college football. I did all my college football strength conditioning programs. Uh, so by the time I got to like running a CrossFit gym, I wasn't like this, like diehard bought in. I'm like CrossFit is the truth, the light and the way, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I remember you guys uh, branded
3: differently early and we're like six yeah. years ahead of that trend.
2: Yeah, right. I very specifically didn't <laughs> want to be only branded as yeah. CrossFit because yeah. I didn't think of our gym as just a CrossFit gym. I understood yeah. that there was a market for it, and that they were doing a lot of things right. Mm-hmm. But I also thought they were doing a lot of things not as well as they could. And then, you know, that was two thousand six, seven, eight, and then yeah. over time, you know, more and more people came into the sport, and then it kind of just turned into strength and conditioning for a sport, yeah, like like any other sport. Uh, so to an- to answer your question though, so I, I was very fortunate. I had a had a good strength conditioning background, um, you know. Prior to fighting MMA, I was basically always, always in good shape. Um, but I also loved to train. Like, I used to compete in weightlifting and, uh, in graduate school. Actually, I did my senior project on the biomechanics of snatching back in, like, 2004 or five, And then I moved to University of Memphis to get my graduate degree because uh, they were doing research on weightlifting. I wanted to do weightlifting research specifically, and I competed on the weightlifting team. Um, I like—I just liked to train. You know, I would go to weightlifting practice for two hours, and then I would go, then I would go to kickboxing for an hour, and then I would go to, to jujitsu for an hour, and then we do MMA after that. And I was training many hours a day. I was training—I was training too much. <laughs> I really, really enjoyed it, um, but in the end, I feel like I did a little bit too much. I think—I think it's why you know my my shoulder ended up giving me trouble, and why my neck ended up giving me trouble. Uh, I was just training too much. So. I would have done much less in in retrospect. Uh, I would have done more MMA if that was like the route that I really wanted to take, and I I would have trained strength conditioning much less. So I was doing you know five days a week strength training, um, you know, plus a lot of like high intensity interval training, that type of thing. And I, w- I would have I would have pared it down to like like two maybe three days a week. Yeah. Uh, in the end, I agree. Yeah. I agree with
0: that. The thing with MMA is that it's it's similar to CrossFit in that there's so many different aspects of it that you need to practice it's because it, it's a mix of several different martial arts into one
1: mm-hmm.
0: so just alone the time that it would take you to work on your grappling your wrestling your striking your kicks like then how much energy or how much time do you have to recover from that to mm-hmm. do strength training you know mm-hmm. it's a, it's challenging
1: mm-hmm.
0: just a little bit less challenging in boxing because obviously there's only striking and conditioning and then you do your strength work mm-hmm. But yeah that's interesting so from that when did barbell shrug start uh, yeah tell me tell me about how that came to be
2: uh so barbell shrug started like the the show itself is, is just about a decade old next month it'll be 10 years mm-hmm. wow, that's um so i was when i was in graduate school <laughs> um I had, I had a lot of I'll call, I'll call it free time where i was like the i was like the fitness coordinator at the rec center and, uh, so I did a lot of, like the fitness testing on people and that type of thing. And I managed the personal trainers and whatnot. And, but a lot of the time I was just sitting in my office <laughs> like by myself, <laughs> where I could do whatever the hell I wanted. So I, I would just sit there and just like, you know, read stuff online and, um, you know, um, you know, the Mike Boyles and Eric Cressy's and the, the, T nation crew back then, I would read all the articles and all those guys had digital products mm-hmm. and, and I would, I would buy and or watch their, yeah. their digital products and I'd be like, I could totally make these things. Like, mm-hmm. like I, I, I them and I go, Oh, this is all, you know, very familiar. I could, I easily could make products like this at some point. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I ended up at the time, I mean, again, this is 2000. Six or so, you know, like iPhones aren't invented yet. Like YouTube is kind of just really getting going. That, that type of thing. There's mm-hmm. no, there's no Instagram. Facebook was a thing, but it wasn't like you know, generation one. There's no Facebook. influencers yeah. back then. Right. Yeah, blogging is still kind of the thing, um, and I, I'm not a writer. At all, I don't. I don't. I don't enjoy writing. Like it's hard for me to make a social media post. I'm just like, fuck. I have to like write a paragraph. This <laughs> <laughs> is not my thing at all. And so, blogging was not going to work. But I. But I. I tried for a while to start a blog, and I was gonna uh, sell affiliate products and whatnot. Um, I ended up selling. I ended up selling like a, one of John Berardi's gourmet nutrition books back in like 2006. And so. You had to make $50 before you get a payout. So John Berardo, John, you owe, you owe me $12 from 2006. <laughs> if you hear this? Um, but so I, I, I like the idea of doing an online company. Yeah. And, uh, but it never really got off the ground back then. And then uh, you know, fast forward, uh, we started the gym, and the gym was doing very well. And then I got my first smartphone. And now my, <laughs> my phone, it wasn't even an iPhone. It was, it was, this was 2011. And uh, I was like, I say the same thing every day to my members. You know, they ask me the same questions and I teach them the same movements. And, it, you know, it's, it's, you're on repeat all day yeah. long if you're coaching people in person. And uh, I was like, I could just make videos of exercise technique. That way, if someone says, you know, how do I do this? And I give them a tip, I go, and you can go watch this video. That way you can watch it over and over and over again. And so I started this thing called Technique Quad where I was just teaching people how to the basics of lifting weights. I would take a video on my phone and then just immediately upload it to YouTube. Um, you know, no production value. Yeah. I would like, you know, just set my phone down, hit record, run run over, <laughs> speak in front of it with no microphone, and then run back over and turn it off, and just like straight raw, raw yeah. upload, no editing, no anything. They're yeah. all, they're still on YouTube. They look terrible, but they're, <laughs> but they're all on there. And uh, and so I, I did that. I did that. Uh, the very first one was Fourth of July, uh, 2011, and I did that for for the rest of 2011. And then kind of about the end of 2011. Um, you know, again, I'm, I'm, I have a staff and, and many members of the gym. We're all talking about training all the time. Um, our intern at the time, uh, CTP, if you know who he is, yeah. uh, he was our, he was our, our videographer slash, you know, CTP means Chris, the producer. He was like a producer for, for many years. Uh, still a great friend of mine, awesome dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, he in college, he was a pizza delivery driver. And so he's just driving around for work all the time. And he was listening to Joe Rogan like in the early days, from like episode one to like 300. Yeah. You know, I don't know Rogan's on now, but he's like 1,200 or something yeah. like that. He's been doing it. He's like the OG and still the leader in the podcast space. And so I didn't even know what a podcast was. But, <laughs> but but Chris came up to us and he was like, he's like, you guys have such cool conversations about training all the time. You should record these and do a podcast. And we're looking at him like, What's we don't even know what that is. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> and so he explains it to us. Um, Mike and, uh, and Chris Moore, um, they, they were talking to him. Uh, about what a podcast was and we eventually bought some microphones and just sat around and had a conversation just like this in in CTP's kitchen and it was really really fun nobody really was thinking this is going to be a business we were just having fun talking about training very similar to the to the videos I was making we're just talking about what we would do at the gym and then our members would listen to it that type of thing and then uh, it became obvious very quickly that to me that this was going to be way more fun to do than me just recording videos all by myself mm-hmm. and maintaining a website all by myself. Because I was doing that uh, independent of the gym. Nobody else was involved. I was doing it for fun. But then once this happened, I was like, oh, I already have a pre-existing business where, um, I didn't say this earlier, Like I was, I was making all those videos for technique. And then on the weekends, I would put on a nutrition seminar or a mobility seminar or whatever. At the gym? At the gym for my members. And then I was going to remember, I was talking about the digital information products that Eric, Eric Cressy and whoever and else was, was making that I, was, that I thought I could make. I was just going to have the, the model of make these videos um, and then you know, collect email addresses and whatnot, all stuff I was already doing at the gym with, with, with our members again. Uh, and then I would do seminars on the weekends, record those, and then sell them for $97 as a, as a one-off buy like in a Shopify store, right? that type of thing. And so uh, but when Barbell Shrug started, I was like, oh, as far as like the, the, you know, quote unquote free content, as far as like a content marketing based business, this is going to be way more fun. And I'm going to have a team to help me because everyone's excited about it. And so eventually I kind of gathered everyone up and said, yo, like I already have this business model. We can just insert barbell shrugged as the free thing. We'll put technique quad, which I'm already doing as like the commercial in the middle of the show. And so, if you go back and watch early episodes, those, yeah. yeah, it's like it's like us sitting around like this, and then there's like a cut, and then it's like me in the gym teaching technique, and then it cuts back to the show, and then that turned into the the format of the show for like the first 200-ish episodes. When, when did like that.
3: that conversation happen relative to like how many podcasts had you recorded before you had that conversation? Um, because like my first memory is yeah. like when there was a point in like 2012. Uh, where like if you search something on YouTube that was like Rich Froning or CrossFit, mm-hmm. you got Rich Froning on barbell shrugs like episode two, right? That's right. Well, it was episode <laughs> yeah. two. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we were
2: we were very fortunate that <laughs> yeah. that Rich got on the show very early. Like the
3: like the, the optimization on that video was insane.
2: Yeah, yeah, we, we, we were lucky. Like, we, I live in Tennessee. Rich yeah. lives in Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, we were actually at the Arnold uh, in, in 2012, and Rich yeah. was there. Yeah. And we, we, we plucked him out of a party and went back to our apartment and recorded the show. And, yeah. and he ended up being on episode two, and, and that very much helped yeah. um, get some awareness for, for the show and whatnot. Yeah, uh, we, were, we were super lucky there. Rich is fucking awesome. He was yeah. he was totally cool to, to come on the show. I mean, he had no reason he had to come on this like no name, <laughs> nobody show, and it happened to turn into something. But but back then he had no reason to. Yeah. to come on the show really yeah. right. he was just doing it for fun um so yeah so kind of at the, the end of the end of 2012 we we by then we kind of had a few products we were making like a little bit of money um but it wasn't like a business really mm-hmm. but but the show was get was getting traction we were getting followers and and all that and then it really wasn't until we launched the uh the original um, product that started making money for us it was called the six-month muscle gain challenge because mm-hmm. back then in crossfit the whole gig was Um, is that you're, you're not a specialist, you don't, you don't have goals. You just, you just do, you know, random workouts. Like that was like the appeal to a lot of people. But I I totally understood that that still there was like, they were demonizing, um, uh, physique training, bodybuilders were kind of the enemy. They did a good job of like producing this bodybuilder enemy. And a lot of people were, they were kind of sick of doing these like quote unquote boring workouts and working on machines and whatnot. We're doing functional fitness. Um, but still I knew in the back of everyone's minds that everyone at some level still cares about physique and people yeah, and guys want to really have a right lot of that, muscle yeah. and everybody wants to be lean. And that, that's that stuff didn't go away. Yeah. Right. And so, um, we decided to launch a, a muscle gain challenge. where, like, we're, we're offering goal specific training with, with the functional movements, which really wasn't like a big thing. Um, and we're all dudes. We all want to be, we all want to have mm-hmm. muscles. We all want to yeah. be lean and, and muscular and strong and all that. Uh, so we launched a six month muscle game challenge and then now we have a six month program that we're selling online gym memberships and we could launch that, you know, many times in a row. And now we have like subscriptions on subscriptions and that, that provided a lot of stability to the company. Then this, this fun show that we had that we were just doing in Memphis, Tennessee. Now we had a travel budget. Mm. So now we could go to, we go to regionals, we could just, we could just drop into Miami. We could just, you know, pop into local gyms, um, and we could start traveling the world and doing all the shows in person. And we easily could have tried to do you know like the whatever the equivalent of a Zoom call would be these days, a Skype call or whatever. Yeah. Um. I think that would have fizzled out really fast. Yeah. You know, shows in person was just so much cooler. Like we had enough money to just travel the world with our friends, to you know do shows like this, lift weights together, go get a meal, hang out, go party at nighttime, and like just on repeat for many years in a row. And that was that was. It was so much fun it was it was sustainable because it didn't feel like a business we were just having a fucking blast and we just like happened to be making a lot of money where we could more or less do whatever we wanted to you know so the so the team grew and we started launching more and more products and it kind of just became a thing um and then eventually we you know we bailed on the gym that we were running and and moved to california and um you know tried to kind of take things to the next level and get out of the gym business but um, truth be told, now that's all said and done. I think the early years where we're at, like we're in the gym, where we're trying to run the gym at the same time and do the online thing. Those were those were the most fun years for me, by far.
0: Wow, interesting. Mm. So, what are you guys doing now?
2: Uh, so now we're. Uh, I had three kids in three years when I moved to California, <laughs> uh, and then bailed on California, and I came, went back to Memphis, Tennessee, to be to be close to my wife's family, mm. uh, which uh, has made life much much easier with uh, three kids back to back to back. And uh, you guys got kids. No. no. Um, yeah. Nobody here is getting a <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You guys are doing right. Just, just keep doing what you're doing. do not making make any changes. Um, kids are awesome, but they do take up a lot of time. So yeah. uh, we moved back to Memphis, Tennessee to be around, well, back, to be around my wife's family. Uh, I sold the gym, luckily, before all this whole COVID mess, which I was thrilled about. Uh, and these days, you know, all the, all the people on the show, me, uh, Anders Varner, Travis Mash, um, and Dan Garner now as well. You know, we all have kids. We're all dads. And uh, we were kind of the leaders up front with uh, subscription programming and, and whatnot, with the Muscle Game Challenge and all the other programs we launched. And we had, we had thousands of athletes paying hundreds of bucks a month, and we had good good cash flow. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got away from that for a while, because we, we did something called Barbell Logic. We were selling, we were basically, le- basically like leasing um, um, inbound marketing websites to gyms. Um, you know, a thousand bucks a month. We had hundreds of people, and it was like, it was this big thing. And then that deal kind of fell apart um, me, me and Mike backed out of that deal and, and sold that company right. uh, sold, sold that division. Um, we had trust issues with, uh, with the other lead, the other person that we, we partnered with that, with that, uh, that product. Someone that had a great idea for a product and had done a bunch of development on it. We had shrugged and a lot of notoriety in the CrossFit space and whatnot. Hmm. Um, and as we were doing that deal, cash flow, you know, the, the financials looked fantastic. But for pretty much the whole time before we were gonna do a merger uh, and acquire that company, we, uh, over time, were, were very skeptical about how much we trusted this person. Um, and that we we're, were kind of trying to justify it to ourselves, like, the whole time for, like, a year or two. Like, I don't know, like, we, we don't really align on values. I don't really like, I, I don't like the way he talks about X, Y, and Z. Uh, we had let go of a team member or two uh, who, who had equity. And, and more than once, he was basically like, you don't have to pay that person. Like, you can offer them this. And then if they don't, well, you know, we'll, we'll shut it down and, and basically screw over my friends who are not his friends. And we don't want to do that. So me and Mike, like, we had all the contracts, like, written up. It's, it's a done deal. All we have to do is sign. And me and Mike looked at each other and was like, do you trust him? And he goes, no, not at all. I go, me neither. We're not doing it. We fucking backed out.
1: Quick shout out to our sponsor LMNT. Uh, It's a great tasting electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't. That means lots of salt with no sugar. LMNT is formulated to help anyone with their electrolyte needs and is perfectly suited for folks following a keto, low carb or paleo diet. LMNT contains a science-backed electrolyte ratio, 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, 60 milligrams of magnesium with no, with none of the junk. No sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, no BS. If you want to check these guys out, this is something that Stephanie and I use all the time. Uh, check them out at drinklmnt.com hybrid. This podcast episode is also brought to you by Beam. Beam is committed to producing high quality, natural, innovative wellness products trusted by some of the world's top professional athletes. Beam creates products to support four main categories balance, performance, recovery, and sleep. These products are combined of both CBD and non CBD ingredients. By tapping into how we function biologically, CBD can work to regulate pain, mood, appetite, anxiety, and inflammation. As a hybrid unlimited listener, you get 15% off your order with code HYBRID in all caps. So check them out. That's Beam, and use code HYBRID in all caps for 15% off. Like, totally backed out.
2: Uh, and that put a big that w- that was a, a very big deal. It, it, it fucked up a lot of shit, and we we let go of a lot of money. Um, and that was that was very tough to do. Um, so. Um, that's, that was part of the reason that, that I moved back to Memphis, was just financially, things got fucked up. Um, and we kind of needed to regroup and, and reset. Like, where do we want to go in the future? We, we could go back to what we were doing. How long just, ago was this? sorry? See, that was... Um, 16, 17 were like the big years for that, and then... I remember that. It was, yeah. it was like at the very end of... our very, very beginning of 2018 is when we, we cut. And okay. uh, and sold it and, and had to regroup. Um, and so it's like we, we could go back to trying to do sub- sub- subscription programming and whatnot, but by then a lot of other people had moved in that are like big influencers. You're, you're certainly one of them. You know, Rich Froning's <laughs> doing it, and you know, and Bergeron's doing it, and yeah. Street Parking, and yeah. you know, um, Instagram really was the thing. Like yeah. when we started. Um, you, in order to have a big audience, when we started, you had to have something that had a lot of production value. You had to have a YouTube channel, which requires video and video editing and production. You had to have a podcast, which is some level of production. Uh, you could have a Facebook something, but 5,000 friends, and nobody ever really cared about fan pages. Um, Twitter's more politics and, and journalism. Yeah. You, you could have a lot of followers there, but, like, it, it never Twitter never really got big, big in the fitness it's space. Fitness. But Instagram, once Instagram came along, all you needed to do was have a camera phone, which fucking everybody has. And so anyone who's anyone, like if you're a world champion, this world champion, that if you're a games competitor, if you're just really pretty, if you got really nice abs, if you got a nice butt, like whatever, like all of a sudden fucking anybody who's anybody has tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands or millions of followers. And so if you're a fitness person and you have a following and you don't sell subscription programming, like you're crazy, it's too easy. So now, now, everybody sells subscription programming. There, there's people that are at the top, but like the level, the amount of competition that is there is 1000x when, yeah. when we started. And so that was part of the reason that we were, we were wanting to move to this new inbound marketing software model because everyone was moving into this subscription programming thing. And we had a new thing that, again, was also subscription revenue that was very difficult to copy. Business to business, too. More stable. Yeah. It was all B2B. Yeah. Um, and it was going to be very hard for people to jump in and do what we were doing mm-hmm. compared to subscription programming, which not like anyone can do it, but kind of anyone can do it, yeah. right? And so um, when, when we got out of that, of that uh, other business, you know, we still had people in, in our programs and whatnot. And it was making some money. It was enough to keep the business running and, and all that. But at, at the same time, I was like, I don't think this is our future. And we're not busy. We're not, uh, excuse me, we're not gym owners anymore. We're not competitive anymore. I just, I just had three kids. Um, a little card. There. Um, I just had three kids. You know, what's, what's the future? Like, what, what can I do for, like, the next 20 years? Right. Um, and so we, when COVID hit, um, we had just started trying to, do, to a license events. Like, we had this new thing <laughs> called the One Ton Challenge. Um, it was basically like, like super total training. Yeah. Uh, Travis Mash wrote this this dope you know 12-month program. Did you do that at the Games? Yeah, we threw the One Ton Challenge yeah, at the CrossFit Games there. in 2019. I yeah, was there, yeah. OK, yeah. yeah. That, and that, one, that was totally successful and phenomenal. Like, yeah. it was a really, really fun event. Yeah. Um, and so when we had this program, it was doing really, really well. And we, we had that event. And so we were we were going to license that event to people. We, we, we softed it all out and they were going to pay us a thousand bucks a year. We were going to copy the CrossFit affiliate model, basically, mm-hmm. you, you know, yearly yearly subscriptions to run these events. And, and we had a lot of interest and people were or, were, were, um, you know, they were seeking us out. They were asking us for it. Mm-hmm. And so that's always a good sign in business that people are asking you for something, uh, it means there's interest. And so we started selling these uh, licensing these events to people, and it was working great. And then, and then COVID hit, and we were like, "Fuck!" <laughs> like we just <laughs> found our new thing that that's actually getting traction. That people are coming to us for; they want it. And then all events shut down, and we were like, "Shit!" Now we have to fucking regroup mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we we launched all kinds of um, you know ebooks and you know cheap things. I was like, "All the gyms are closed down. People are canceling their subscription memberships. Everyone wants at home workouts. Everyone's out of work." Like. You know, let's that's, that's, that's come up with a bunch of really inexpensive products, because people don't want to spend a lot of money right now. Yeah. We did that, and that floated the company and was fine. But still, I was like, I felt like I was like in the rat race, in a way, where I was just writing programs and selling them, and writing programs yeah. and selling them. And, and again, it's something. I enjoy writing programs. But I didn't feel like I, there was like something real there that I was like really yeah. proud of that, that um, was good. So uh, eventually, we came up with this idea for the Diesel Dad. We're all dads, we're all on the, po- we're on the podcast together, very often talking about what it's like to be a dad. We're not in the gym for many hours every day. Um, you know, we have minimal time to train. We're, we're slowly getting older, maybe quickly getting older. talking <laughs> yesterday.
3: Uh, is that your audience now? Like, your audience is aged with you, and a lot of them are dads now?
2: Yeah, you know. yeah. Many people in our audience—we've been doing this for ten years. Yeah, they—they they were hardcore crossers or whatever, and now they got kids too. You know, they—they yeah. they started when they were twenty-five. And now they're thirty-five, and they just—you know—they got—they got, they got a, a one-year-old and a three-year-old at home yeah. or whatever it is. And uh, but if you go to like a Barnes and Noble, there's no books for dads in the fitness yeah. section, like very few, if any. And uh, yeah,
0: they're mainly for moms.
2: Yeah, <laughs> more so for moms. Yeah, than I dads think for sure. I think
0: pregnant woman and post-pregnant woman. Capitalize mm-hmm. on that much more than uh, dads. Mm-hmm. It's probably think so they probably for buy him. a lot of fitness huh? books. They
3: probably buy a lot of fitness books, right? Moms. Yeah, moms. Well, women consume fit more fitness products than, than men in general, but also.
0: But maybe there's not enough fitness products yeah, for maybe. men. Yeah, maybe. They, yeah,
3: maybe they're underserved. right? Exactly. Yeah. Right, you overserve the majority and then you underserve
0: the. Go on. So now you're mm-hmm. fit dads.
2: Yeah. So These now we. Diesel dads. Diesel dads. Yeah. So yeah, Anders Anner, had been saying that for a long time. That, <laughs> that that term, like in reference to ourselves, like the diesel dad. And we kind of joked about, man, we gotta we gotta launch this diesel dad thing someday. And then eventually we we're like, maybe we actually really do need to launch something called the diesel dad. So so we did. We launched subscription programming for the diesel dad, and it you know and it made decent money. But um, we wanted to to expand on that brand, and so. Um, you know, more recently, we decided to kind of go the other way and get a, and get away from subscription programming specifically. And for a long time, I'd wanted to do like high-end personal training in the online space. But you know, years ago, when what's we what's se-
0: high-end? Like, what would you define, or how um, would you define high-end?
2: Well, like like you know, just like in, in a regular gym. Like, if you you could pay a gym membership and just show up and do whatever you want for nine bucks a month or fifty bucks a month or whatever it is, or you can pay a personal trainer for you know for hundred bucks a month for four sessions a week. Or like and,
4: individual and, design.
2: Yeah, so gotcha. so we. I didn't I didn't want to do, one on one remote coaching with twenty two year olds that don't have money. I didn't want to train. I didn't want to try to do remote coaching for competitors. Um, if I was gonna do it, then I, I wanted to do it with people that that like had money, and twenty two year olds don't have money. Okay, um, if we're gonna do it, I wanted to do it like like the, like the most premium version that we could come up with, and then make it the most expensive thing on the market because it's truly premium and then when, once we decided to do this diesel dad thing um i was like oh well these people are they have careers like they're in their 30s and 40s and, and 50s and presumably their pain point is is higher because they're they got smashed once they got kids they they ran out of time to train and you know maybe they'd stop training altogether. they put on a bunch of body fat and you know, now they're, they're, you know, at the extreme end of it, you know, their, their wife doesn't really look at them the same anymore. Maybe they have erectile dysfunction they got a beer belly. They never thought they'd have a beer belly, look themselves in the mirror and they're like, fuck, like, how did I get here? That that type of thing. Uh, and, and they have careers and, and they're kind of lost, you know, maybe they've tried to get back in shape a number of times and it, and it hasn't really worked. And so, uh, so we kind of went the other way to try to get away from subscription programming specifically and like dig into like, like, you know, pure one-on-one training, where you know everyone everyone knows how to do Zoom calls now. Pandemic made that a thing, where everybody understands Zoom. Everyone works online, so now it's like easy to work with people online in a way that that's even easier than it was a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. So, so now we do we just do everything's very very one-on-one these days. All of our subscription stuff, kind of, you know, it's still out there. It, it it goes on in the background, but the stuff we're really excited about right now is is all very personalized, one-on-one. Uh, we partner with Andy Galpin and, and Dan Garner, who who you know, because I think you're you're running through some of their stuff right now, mm-hmm. um, to um, to develop like you know, we call lab-based nutrition, where you know we take stool samples and hair follicle analysis, urine, sweat, saliva, a lot of blood work. Um, if you know who Andy Galpin and Dan Garner are, those guys are super super smart, and they 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 do like a, a very high level analysis of of all of your kind of inside out physiology to figure out you know, all of your different food intolerances and you know, what you can and can't eat and where all your vitamin and mineral defici- deficiencies are. Do you have, a, you have you know, opportunistic bacterial overgrowth? Do you have, a, you have a, a fungal infection? Do you have parasites? On and on and on to give people like something that's like very, very specific to to yeah, their, to their to actual needs.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is super interesting. I'm excited yeah. to see Yeah. how that works for me.
2: Yeah, wh- where are you at in that process? Just starting. You're just starting? <laughs> yeah,
0: like I haven't, I don't think he's sent me the the collection kit mm-hmm. yet
2: oh he's about to send it to you you haven't got it yet yeah okay yeah, yeah I'm, I'm totally i'm totally stuck to see um you know what kind of results you get
0: same tell it's, me a little bit more about that business model with uh, with mm-hmm. the testing nutrition based uh nutrition what did you call it uh
2: it's like lab- lab-based, lab-based nutrition. nutrition yeah 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 i mean if you if you go so i'm so excited about this because for for many many years I I was looking for something like this. You know, right. I, you, you can go to the doctor and get your blood work done. Right. Um, but you're gonna get a normal like C B C panel, you're gonna get your, your white blood cells and, yeah. and you spend a fortune and blood a naturopath
4: and you see them weekly for many, many months and it takes a long time to get any kind of results and Chiropractors. plan.
3: Chiropractors do that sometimes too because naturopaths only exist in the
4: southwest. Yeah. All
2: right
4: that's true. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah. We'll I had a naturopath little. in California.
2: Yeah. It was yeah. easy to find, but in Memphis, yeah. Tennessee, it's like, there's none. Yeah. Florida, Florida where do you but go? But
4: even that, like what they don't, do, they don't, they'll give you initial examinations. They'll give you results. They'll give you prescriptions, but they're not good about lifestyle prescription. And they're definitely not good mm. about follow-up yeah. and online coaching or, you know, coaching yeah. someone through the process of actual transformation. So yeah. they're kind of like, they need a fitness coach to take the handoff yeah. from a mm-hmm. uh, naturopath.
3: Mm-hmm. And, and aside, Florida has not, uh, licensed a naturopath in like 90 years.
0: Oh. No way. Yeah, really?
3: Florida's, you know, most mm. states don't. And Florida's like one of the states that like specifically stopped, um, which is interesting. Because, mm. you know, as a chiropractor in Florida, they're like, yeah, you know, those don't exist here. Wow. And you actually can't practice here as a naturopath. Mm.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah I don't know all the different rules and regulations and it's, it's, whatnot for being like totally, a naturopath or a functional medicine practitioner. It's totally practitioner different state by
3: state. Naturopaths have their own schools. Um, okay. Functional medicine yeah. practitioners are just a certification that anybody can get. Okay. Um, it depends on like their like there's there a, are
4: also like biological medic medicine mds as well yes yes
3: but uh, mm-hmm. an md can go get like a functional medicine certification from some some accredited institution that has some authority and then they'll be a functional medicine person yeah mm-hmm. you know, sometimes now nurse practitioners are doing it sometimes because they have a lot of ability to to order blood work and even prescribe it's just
4: an so. interesting dynamic because you know, like coaches have uh, the bedside banner you know that doctors don't mm-hmm. and the follow through and it's like you know the doctors put all of the all the proactiveness is on the patient like no one is really like pulling you through the process even even mm-hmm. though there's a desire to change for most people because they have they have some kind of real ailment or they're you know something has been exposed that's like more eye opening to them where they're really wanting to go through some kind of a change they still mm-hmm. don't necessarily have the drive to like facilitate their own you know recovery mm-hmm. they and then a the fitness coach could really step in and take the take the hand off there but there's, like, this gap in communication between functional med MDs and fitness coaches. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a really smart opportunity. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Who is this program for specifically?
2: Um, I mean, we're, 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 we're targeting most of it toward dads. Um, but, of course, like, anyone could do it. Like, most, just like who's your gym for anyone that comes in there nobody. That, that, that that is serious about don't come anyone that comes <laughs> that in there that, like difference. that's going to work hard will get seeking. results
4: pr achieving <laughs>
2: A physical um, <laughs> gym, no, not the not the virtual one. <laughs> we to you, kind of wrap that up. Like, if if money was no object and you wanted to get healthy, you wouldn't just hire one person. No, you have a team. Yeah, you, you would hire a team of people. You know, I mean, ideally, there's somebody at the top kind of coordinating the team where you don't. It's not all disjointed where your strength coach never talks to your nutritionist. It's like the case and,
4: manager in the healthcare space, but yeah. they like fitness is missing that.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's true. Yeah. So, you know, people, maybe they do have a personal trainer, but often their personal trainer doesn't talk to the doctor and maybe they don't have a doctor or maybe they only have a doctor. Like they they do get their yearly exam and again, they get their blood glucose and cholesterol and whatever else checked and, and. You know, nobody talks to. Yeah. The, I mean, the people it, don't talk to each other, if and that's the doctor doesn't talk to the other doctor. Their doctor's not talking to the personal trainer.
4: Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> and personal trainers don't know how to read labs. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. <laughs> that's a generalization, uh-huh. but yeah, it's like you're not you're not taking your blood work that you've gone and done to your trainer in, in most cases.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's a broader conversation. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, or yeah. even if you go to your doctor and you can get blood work, like. I have all my blood work and whatnot organized in in a Google doc or or Google drive folder rather for, for many, many years and whatnot. Like, and like the last actual doctor that I went to, I want to get some blood work done. And I was like, do you want to compare it to like past blood work and all that? And he was kind of like, ah, like I I, I, I can see the look on his face. He's like, ah, that sounds like a lot of work. I'm not really that invested in you. Like just exactly. Just get out of here. This visit, this visit doesn't pay enough for him to, to do that. Yeah, and, what, and you know, he seemed like a good dude and all yeah, that, but, like, yeah. he's fucking busy, you know? He he has 10 minutes to spend with you, and then yeah. if, you're, yeah. if, your, if your, your panel looks mostly good, then get out of there. And if it doesn't... Yeah, from an
4: optimization standpoint, they're not really willing to, like, go that far. Not like, they'll, yeah. they'll get you to a baseline, but...
2: Yeah, they're not really trying to optimize yeah. you. They're just, yeah. they're, lo- they're looking to for big red flags. Also, that's how, how the it. economics work, right? They're not, you know, insurance doesn't
3: care about optimization. Insurance she, cares that you're not going to die on them. Yeah yeah but
2: (laughs) most of these
4: functional med (laughs) mds you're you're off insurance you're out of pocket which to your point is like this is a market a target market that can afford that and is willing to invest in Mm -hmm. the discovery Mm -hmm. but yeah Yeah. so
0: so who's on the team so once somebody signs up to get the labs done Hmm. you get you collect all the samples send it to the lab you get your results then what's the process like after
2: um so like the first 30 days really is all about data collection and so there's there's all the labs and whatnot, but then but then we also do a handful of other things. Like we'll, they'll do their DEXA scan, um, other more basic stuff. Like they'll they'll do like a baseline. They'll like run a mile. Uh, we'll do like a neck circumference thing for uh, to see if we potentially want to um, get them checked for like sleep apnea that that type of thing. Um, but then while we're waiting for the labs to come back, there's many things you can do that are just you know the basic basics. You know, of make sure they get enough sleep and um you know tracking some of their um intake you know calories macros etc um uh, getting them on a a training program um you know for the dads we we don't actually even write them personal training programs like we we have we have templates for all that stuff that's it's, it's essentially functional bodybuilding we're, we're giving them joint friendly strength training in a very time efficient manner so short workouts like a lot of these guys work out from like Four thirty 30 in the morning until five. And then they get ready to go <laughs> to the hospital. Cause they're, you know, they're like the guy I was just on the phone with, he's a dentist and he, he works all day. He's super stressed out. He doesn't have a lot of time to train. Uh, he just, he just needs short workouts that aren't going to beat him up. Right. Um, most people that are coming to us, they're, they're there for fat loss. Um, uh, as far as like physique goes, they need some training stimulus to help them hold on to muscle mass that they already have. But for the most part, like they're, they're not performance athletes. They're not, they're not looking to to do anything really impressive in the weight room. They just need to hang on to their muscle mass to keep their mm-hmm. metabolism up and to and to be healthy as they lose body fat. Then after we you know after we ratchet body fat down, a lot of them want to build muscle after that. So we kind of have three phases where we do like a fat loss phase over the course of a year, a fat loss phase, a muscle building phase, and then another fat loss phase. Um, and so that's kind of like the like the high level breakdown of what the year looks like. Um, but we just we meet with them every week, um, you know, on on Zoom calls, and then we have like a we built a dashboard to to track everything. So every, everything's graphed. You know, they, they can see you know the basics of their, their calories and their, their protein intake and, and their sleep. And uh, we kind of gamify the whole thing as well, where like I can vary, at any time I can be like, you've done eighty six percent of the program. You know, like so, they know exactly how much they've done, how much they haven't done uh we get subjective ratings for how they're how they're feeling, body mind energy and hunger every single week uh which especially with fat loss like the energy and hunger scores become more and more relevant as as calories go down, you know they go down, you know 100 calories or 5% or whatever it is every week. Um I want to make sure that as they're losing body fat and they're they're getting leaner, their that their energy and hunger scores aren't getting so low that they're just like just impatiently waiting to get off the program because it's miserable. Right? Um and so, where I think the objective metrics and the subjective metrics are, are kind of equally important, you need, you need to know both of those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want to know how, how they feel about, about their the current state of their body and what their mindset's like. And if you could ask somebody, like, like how are you doing? Most people are gonna say, like, the standard response is, oh, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Pretty good is like <laughs> 90% of the time where you're where you gonna get. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think doing like a scale rating from 1 to 10 it tells you a lot more about yeah. about how someone's actually doing. So, uh, so we do subjective ratings every week, and again, like we graph everything, so you can just look at the visual dashboard, and you can just you can see the trends. How is that? It's all about trends. I'm curious, how did you do the dashboard? Like.
3: What did you use to build the dashboard? Is it Excel? Is it oh, website? it's not.
2: It's not fancy. It's all just in. in it's all in Google Sheets.
3: It's a Google Sheet, so it's a spreadsheet. Okay. Yeah, yeah I mean,
2: cool. we're we're still in the process. I mean, we've we've been doing this this specific program for less than a year, yeah. and it's got it's got great traction, and it's growing, and all that. Eventually, it will need to move to software. Yeah, I like that for sure. Software and visualization. Yeah, like right right now, you know, it's it's fine. It, yeah. def- it definitely gets the job done. But as far as the business goes, like if you have a thousand athletes and they all have their own individual Google Doc, uh, and like you want to make gross. a change, like it's <laughs> it, it, it's not, yeah, you know, you got to go manually change everyone's Sheets, or they just don't get the change. Like it's yeah. not that's not good. So we've been having those conversations lately about like you know how and when do we move this over to something that's actual real software yeah. and not just a Google yeah. Google Doc. But, but right, for, right. for the moment, it's working great. Everyone's yeah. getting good results. So that's good, but as far as the business goes, it need, we need to make yeah, a, a shift at some out, point. Yeah, and
3: hashing out all the details before you commit that stuff to something that's harder to change. You totally. Yeah, yeah. But and that means people input their like uh, their subjective ratings just in the spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. Like that's the form too.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, we we use or Google Forms them. for a handful oh, yeah, okay, of things as okay, well, okay, but okay, yeah. um, But at the moment, yeah, as far as like the day-to-day stuff, um, mm-hmm. they, they just plug it in the sheet. Works.
0: ARE YOU GUYS ACTIVELY PROMOTING THIS SERVICE? BECAUSE I ONLY FOUND OUT BECAUSE I, I SPOKE TO Andy ON THE PHONE. <laughs> um,
2: YEAH, YOU'RE ACTUALLY TOTALLY RIGHT ABOUT THAT. WE'RE, we're NOT. Um, <laughs> RIGHT NOW IT'S, uh, FOR THE HIGH-LEVEL STUFF WITH THE LABS AND WHATNOT, um, for, ESPECIALLY FOR Andy AND DAN, IT'S it's A HEAVY workload FOR THOSE GUYS. I WAS GOING TO ASK HOW THEY SCALE THAT, BECAUSE THAT ENDS UP BEING A LOT. YEAH, THAT, yeah. that COMPONENT. is A
0: SUPER PREMIUM SERVICE. Yes.
2: YES, THAT COMPONENT IS NOT not AS SCALABLE. AND WE'RE STILL BUILDING OUT A BUNCH OF THE BACK-END STUFF WITH THAT, TOO. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, taking things like a Google Doc and you know giving it to our designer to like make it look like truly professional, like we're 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 tying up a lot of loose ends as far as like the, the presentation and, and whatnot. Um, and so we've been very intentionally not not selling it aggressively. Uh, we really haven't promoted it almost at all on any real channels. Um, you know, luckily the the people that have done it. Um, they, they all tell their friends and so like yeah. r- referrals and whatnot have been kind of easy to come by. Mm-hmm. Um, and Andy and Dan have been doing this for, for many years and with, with pro athletes, they just, you know, they, fuck, damn, like they, if you look at their, their lineup of people they work with, it's like super bowl champions and, yeah. and uh, UFC champions and Olympic gold medalists. Like they, they deal with like the highest level athletes that exist basically. Um, and all those people have friends and they refer their friends and it hasn't really been it hasn't been hard to find people and it hasn't been hard to sell because um, it's, it's a premium thing that's hard, hard to come by. And so we're, we're very fortunate that it's been as easy to, as it is. But once we kind of get through the process of, of systemizing everything to a um, to a greater degree, then we'll, we'll probably start promoting it a little more heavily.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to share my experience with it. Once I get it done.
2: Yeah. I totally want to watch your video when you get it from Dan. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, yeah. when Dan makes those videos, I could fucking sit I, I could sit on my couch like with popcorn and just like watch the videos and go, Damn, look at that guy fucking knows what he's doing. <laughs> just
4: like, Can like you I, I
2: I like it is entertaining how good he is at it. Can you explain he makes a video for what? Oh when you get all your lab results back?
3: Oh he makes it he sends you a video? He, yeah, he makes <laughs> he makes a
2: video running through all of your diff- different labs oh. and he explains the interconnection between between your stool sample analysis mm-hmm. and your and your cortisol curve and, uh, and the fungal right. infection you have and how that affects um, the, the entire um, um, chain of events that creates dopamine. <clears throat> and since you didn't have this vitamin here, it didn't go down this pathway, and that's why your canuronate's too high. And like, mm-hmm. he, he cross matches all the different things, and then he's looking for like one, like what's the big, 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 big thing What's the root cause that causes all the other things to happen? And so, like, if your testosterone's low, like, you could go get TRT and just inject endogenous teso- or exogenous testosterone into the system to to bring up that one siloed measure. Mm. But you know, why is it happening in the first place? Well, it could be happening because this other thing happened. But that, why is that thing happening? And that thing's happening because the next thing. And he will he will break it down and try to find like the one big thing that's causing all the other things to happen. And it's it's really really impressive to watch. He's done it he's done it thousands of times, and uh, I think you're I think you're gonna have a blast watching yeah, it. Like I watched it with my wife, and she was like, "This is really fun to watch." And I was like, <laughs> "I know." Like I I, I watched my video and, and other people's videos like multiple times, <laughs> not even because I needed to, just because I enjoy it.
4: Yeah. yeah, no, that's interesting. I'm excited about it. I had when I had my hysterectomy. Uh, it's been almost four years now. Um, I had to go through the, the whole process because essentially, well, I was on birth control from like 16 to 36 when I had the hysterectomy. And then uh, hormones just kind of, I left, they left my ovaries, but actually hormones, hormone ch- changes pretty, happened pretty rapidly. And energy, like training, just and my energy and ability to just train, function cognitively, everything declined pretty fastly, pretty a, fast. And I woke so am
3: po- sorry, is that a progesterone
4: thing? Oh, I mean, all hormones oh, were all like everyone, really, really yeah. off. um, but ended up going to a functional med and Mm. doing all my labs. And, you know, we started with a lot of lifestyle factors. Like I was a go, go, go person my entire career. So there was a lot of that, like tired and wired (laughs) kind of thing that just like built up on top of it. But the whole process was like a good two years of continuous labs, testing, evaluating, Mm. moving all the rocks and, you know, figuring out what were, what was the driver and kind of getting to a, a state of like Optim- optimization for the most part. Because mm-hmm. you know, I didn't want to just like function at a like mediocre level. I wanted to have everything kind of dialed. Oh. But that process was like, yeah, two years. So I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. depending on how messed up someone is, you know, that process with them could be, could be a long one. But it's interesting when you have a doctor that is able to look at all the labs and like connect the pieces and mm-hmm. really put them together for you because you would never intuitively connect those dots on your own. Mm-hmm. And there's just so many factors to consider Mm -hmm. Um, in the process, but I mean being on the receiving end of a service like that, that was, to my point, that was like the one gap in the process was, you Mm -hmm. know, working, obviously we work with coaches along our entire fitness career and you have that side of things. And then to have that experience but have this sort of gap in the middle of, Mm -hmm. you know, who is really communicating on both ends, who's making sure that like I'm accountable to the lifestyle factors I need to implement each week. It was just not there. And then from being on my side, on the the business perspective, I would talk to both doctors and fitness coaches and be like, you guys got to come together. There's Mm got to be a solution for this. Because I'm sure really, really high demand, especially for that executive level person who wants to function optimally all the time. And Mm you know, it's definitely out there. But I think it's an incredible idea.
2: I mean, most people have gotten blood work done at some point. And one thing I've learned from, from all the clients that we've already served is that, the stool sample, especially like everyone, like microbiomes, like a kind of like a hot, hot new thing. We'll call it is like yeah. it's really emerged over like the last five or ten years. Is like something in the in the public eyes, like as like healthy bacteria, like a thing. Yeah. And uh, without without getting a stool sample, you don't really get an accurate representation of what your gut microbiome really looks like. You don't get it from blood work. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's been a single person that I, that we've that we've worked with that didn't have. At least one, if not more, um, uh, of a opportunistic bacterial negative overgrowth. That they they all have some type of bacterial. Not they. They they either either have a bacterial infection in their gut or some type of a fungal overgrowth that's causing big problems that you would just you would never see if you only did blood work. Yeah. So like that that alone, I'm like, oh, like this. You have to get a more comprehensive analysis of your physiology. You can't you can't just do blood work.
0: Oh, that's fascinating. I'm excited. Anyway, I want to be mindful of your time, so I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, Such a short notice. Appreciate your time, and always lovely seeing you.
2: Yeah, I appreciate the invite. It was really fun. Good to see you, too. Thank you. Thank you.